Hello there, you're listening to The Box Office Show. I'm Ryan Hill. And I'm Dylan Johnson. Today we're going to be talking about the box office numbers from last weekend and our box office predictions for this upcoming weekend. We are also going to be discussing the massively popular anime Attack on Titan. Full spoilers, all four seasons up to the most recent episode, episode 80. And to help us with that, we are bringing on a guest, his first time on the show, Brandon Hill. Hello, how's it going? Excited to be here. Awesome. Thank you for coming on. We will be enjoying your opinions on Attack on Titan. And you're the reason we're doing this. We'll get into that a little later on. But go ahead and skip over the news although the oscar noms did happen so be on the lookout for our oscar show later down the line closer to the actual ceremony and dylan why don't you kick us off with the box office breakdown so for the weekend of february 4th to the 6th coming in first place was to no surprise jackass forever with 23 million after that also debuting this weekend moonfall had 10 million Spider-Man coming in strong still with 9.5 million. In its eighth weekend. Incredible stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's another 10 million over you in the box office draft. Fuck off. You're lucky it's not getting counted. <laughs> uh, after that, Scream, 4.7 million. Sing 2, 4.2 million. The King's Man, 1.2 million. And Redeeming Love with just a million. Indeed. And this upcoming weekend, which is also Super Bowl weekend, we have two new releases, Death on the Nile, <laughs> directed by the now Oscar-nominated director Kenneth Branagh for Belfast. How do you think that's going to do, Don? Eight million. Eight million? I'll give it, I'll give it eight. I don't think it's going to... I mean, Super Bowl weekend, nobody's going to go out to see... It's true. Uh, the sequel to the Hercule Poirot remakes by Kenneth Branagh on Super Bowl weekend. It's a bad pick, bad slot. That's true. So we know adult-oriented films have also not been doing great. That's not the demographic that's been hitting the theaters lately. So, yeah, probably going to come in under 10 million. Mm-hmm. And also the, coming out this weekend is the rom-com with J-Lo and Owen Wilson, Marry Me. I think that could do strong. I mean, it's it's Valentine's Day weekend. I think that could hit 20 million. Oh, so you think that'll come in first? I think it will. I mean... It's Valentine's Day weekend. Wow. Are and it's you the Alexa only rom-com. Gonna go see it? <sighs> she might make me. She really <laughs> wants to see it. And I do love Owen Wilson, but it looks really bad. But she wow. really wants to see it. Wow. Yeah, it doesn't look too good, but it has one of those premises that are like, yeah, it's kind of cute, kind of funny. It's just kind of such a bizarre premise that I kind of want to yeah. see how it plays out. Uh, Interesting. Honestly, I kind of... Agree though. I don't think it'll get twenty million. Maybe maybe twenty five, maybe thirty. <laughs> no, no, forty five, no. fifty million. But one yeah, billion dollars might, might take office. the number one spot. Definitely might. All right, now we're gonna jump into Attack on Titan.
And we're going to start by asking Brandon, how did you get into the show? When did you get into the show? Tell us about your journey with Attack on Titan. All right. Well, you have a little background on me. You know that I am was pretty nerdy, hung out with a lot of the nerdy kids in uh, middle school. Definitely. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to be shy about it. Played a little bit of, of Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh!, you know, like trading card games in middle school. Have and you played the newest Yu-Gi-Oh game? Oh my god! <laughs> no, I'm not even aware of it. There's a new one. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, it appears to be very addictive. So says Mason, who's put in probably 50 <laughs> hours at least. 50? Yeah, good god. Okay, All well, right. I'll have to look into that. But, <laughs> uh, but no. So, you know, was already kind of in the nerd culture, and back in the day. Anime wasn't super, I guess, mainstream, uh, or at least Attack on Titan wasn't super mainstream when it first came out in, um, what, 2013. So I didn't watch it originally as it came out, but it re- when it released on Netflix and the whole first season came out, there were a lot of people like sitting on the bus that I knew that was that were talking about it and they were hyping it up and, and it had like an original story. And so um, that you know, initial conversations with other people is what got me into it. Um, and then, you know, from then, watched season one, and I've been kind of hooked ever since. Gotcha. So when exactly did you watch season one? What year? Can you place it? Uh, it would have been my last year in high school. So I would have been in eighth grade. In middle school? In middle last school. year in middle school? Okay. Yeah. Um, gotcha, gotcha. So you had to bear the four-year wait in between season one and two yes or a good chunk of it and unfortunately so i i I watched okay do you know the 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 meme where um reiner is walking down and he he's they're at that castle and he opens like he 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 picks the the big wooden blockade off the wall Mm -hmm. off the door opens up the door and there's a titan like right there Yeah. yeah so i actually um stopped watching live there and didn't get back into the series until um before the first half of season four dropped so i actually stopped watching for a number of years Um, but but i did i did wait that long distance which i you know it's just um schooling over at 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 stetson and 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 just life in general kind of got in the way and uh, my roommate wasn't really watching it either we were watching our own things and a you know attack on titan kind of just dropped off the map for me for a little bit but um before season four came out uh, my roommate had watched, you know, he had gotten current and was talking about it like nonstop and um, got back into it because of it. So I've watched uh, four live as it came out. And um, obviously this, the new half is of the of season four as it's coming up. Okay. For me, how I got into attack on Titan is Brandon. It's his fault. He was the one that did it. Yes, sir. Which, do you remember it was some sort of discussion we were having? I forget who else was there as well but you guys were talking about it was sean we were talking about what should be an anime that you watch um to get you like kind of not into anime because you'd seen some things before like obviously sao Mm -hmm. um and me and sean were debating whether we wanted you to watch um full metal alchemist or attack on titan right yeah and i had heard well i knew both of them are pretty acclaimed but I had knew of Attack on Titan because during when it was first airing, which I think was 2013, I mean, it was a massive phenomenon. Like everyone knew of it, but I was like, I'm not going to watch it because I, I wasn't really into anime that much. 
And so I'd heard of it, heard that it was quite a good show, but I was like, I'm not going to go into that. And years later down the line, you were talking to me about that and some of those other shows. I mean, it was that Death Note, Full Metal Alchemist that you were talking about. And I was like, okay, I'll give you one. What's the one that you want to show me? And you guys, I think, agreed on Attack on Titan. So I was like, all right, I'll try it. I think that was beginning of 2021, right? Yes, it was as season four was rolling out. I think right. there was a couple episodes that were out at the time. And so I saw the final season, the one that's coming out, season four, final season. I'm like, brilliant. I'll watch it and I'll time it out so that the final few episodes I'll be caught up and I'll be able to end the series and it'll be great. Calculate Turns out <laughs> the final season was split into two. So that <laughs> didn't happen. And I had timed it out absolutely perfectly. Remember, we did like a viewing party for the fa- final few episodes I hadn't yet seen. And then that night, the new one dropped and we watched it. And it was a cliffhanger for the next stuff. And I was like, oh, my God. And I remember trying to look up beforehand, trying to be like, is this actually the final season? Is this the final batch of episodes? And people obviously was not like there was no way that it possibly could have been. But I was getting answers saying that it was. And I didn't dig too much deeper because I didn't want to get spoilers or anything. So, Mm -hmm. dang, that was it was a rough wait. Like, it's one of the worst waits I've ever had for a show, which speaks to the quality of the show. And I'm praying that it doesn't happen again. We've been told <laughs> that this, the final 12 episodes, the second half of season four will be it. But I've also heard whispers about there being a movie at the end of all this. It's just because they say that this is the final season. And so it's it's four seasons and then a movie. Yeah, that's, that's, that's like the joke, which would be hilarious. But imagine imagine how thrilling it would be to watch the final conclusion in theaters. Well, I'm saying it would for the animation quality because it's insane. Like animation when they spend enough time on it and have a movie budget, yeah, it's insane in the theater. So it would look amazing. Mm-hmm. And from a money standpoint, I mean, it would be massive. Look at Demon Slayer; that was huge. Yeah, it was awesome in theaters, bro. The finale of like one of the most popular shows, certainly of the past decade. It would be, it would go bonkers. They'd be stupid not to make a movie. Exactly. But I'm praying that they don't because I don't want to wait for it. Uh, I want all the answers. I can wait for it. I want the final answers. Well, because you, let's talk about your story. Yeah, did Ryan tell you about (laughs) how I got into Attack on Titan? No, no, I have no idea. All right, so basically we did an episode uh, a long time ago, like in the middle of 2021 with my roommate Fernando, and we were talking about the animes that we were watching at the time, and Fernando had seen Attack on Titan and My Hero at this point, and I had seen most of My Hero, and Ryan had seen all of Attack on Titan, and so those are the two we talked about, and Ryan was just gunning so hard to get me to watch Attack on Titan, like he was trying, he was just putting out all the arguments that he could about the animation, about the storylines, about the themes, like he was throwing it all out there. And I was like, maybe, like maybe I'll get to it one day. <laughs> and then six months later or so, this winter, this past winter, uh, we were gearing up to figure out what shows we wanted to do for this 2022 year. And he was like, we have to do an Attack on Titan show. They're putting out the final season. We have to do an Attack on Titan show. And he's like, you have to watch it. And at this point, I had already... Rewatched all of Avatar Last Airbender and done nine hours worth of shows about <laughs> Avatar. And I had already committed to a bunch of other stuff. And so I was like, fine, I will watch Attack on Titan. But this was in like the last few weeks of December. And 
we had originally planned for this show to be at the beginning of January to coincide with the beginning of the season launching. And oh, I was okay. like, there's, I was like, there's no way I can watch three and a half seasons worth of a show in that amount of time. Like there's just no way I can do it. So we pushed it to February now and put a bunch of other shows in its place. And I started watching it in that last week of December and I watched the whole thing in a week and a half. Oh my God. So we could have done the show or when we originally <laughs> scheduled to do it. I watched it that quickly and just fell in love with it. It was so good. It's Dude, all I, I did for a week. Oh, it's and a half. huge, huge hole, man. Your, your head's got to be just packed right now. It was awesome. It was crazy. <laughs> Binging it is so much fun. Yeah, definitely. I tried to <laughs> try to figure out where he was when watching the show. Like after, I think it was, I forget what episode it was. Maybe the Matrix episode or something that we had talked about. And you're like, okay, I'll start now. I'll try to yeah. see it. Because we also had to watch Cobra Kai, the new season. And so he watched like a couple episodes. Because you had already seen the first three way back mm -hmm. when. Yeah, and you're at episode five, and I was like, "Okay, keep me posted on where you're at." And then the next update was the female Titan. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> "Andy's the female Titan. That's crazy." <laughs> and then the next update was I finished season three, and I was like, "You <laughs> 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 just skipped all the way there because I, I like watched season two and season three within like four days, and I was like, "Oh, I forgot to update Ryan about my thoughts," <laughs> and so I just threw it out there, and you're like, "What?" <laughs> Yeah, I was stunned. Oh my god. You actually didn't it. say anything to Ryan? I just kept all of... I could not remember to text him. I was just so thrilled <laughs> oh. watching it that I just had to I literally just kept going like, "All right, this is the last episode and then I'm going to go to bed." And then ended on a cliffhanger and be like, "All right, I got to watch the next one." And I just kept doing that for like 3 days in a row. I got very little sleep. I was very sleep deprived at work, but yeah. it's so worth it. <laughs> Which I told you that as well. You were like, "I don't know if this will be a bingeable show. I don't know if I can do it." And I'm like, "This is the most bingeable because i mean i've seen bingeable shows but nothing like, like this is the most bingeable show like i did not think it would be to such a bingeability i thought it would just be like something i could watch and get into the point where i could probably finish it in a month i did not think i could watch that much tv in a week and a half i don't think i've ever watched that much tv in a week and a half it was crazy <laughs> that's the charm of it man like attack on titan is so unpredictable past the first season the first season you're like okay i have a good idea like where this is going and then after that mm. literally every episode back to back um especially when you start moving into season three is banger after banger and it's so hard especially yeah. when episodes are out to so just not keep moving forward mm -hmm. it's definitely true and dylan when you rewatch it rewatching is such a treat as well because now oh. you know you know yeah. where all the pieces are gonna fall that's and so what you can watch both said all the foreshadowing when i did the rewatch recently uh because in december i started in december and i finished right around when the first episode so it was what january 9th i think it was so i lapped you <laughs> yeah pretty much but <laughs> <laughs> but i was it's pretty quick for me because you know i don't like yeah you don't shows really quickly. i like to pace them out and so it was Which quick for me because silly. there were two occasions where i was like I'm just going to spend the afternoon watching the rest of it. And it was the back half of season three and then uh, a good chunk of the end of the first half of season four where I was like, I'm just going to spend the afternoon watching the rest of Attack on Titan. Mm. And it's so good. Like Even it on is. rewatch, still so compelling that you want to just go through it all. I can't wait to get Alexa to watch it one day. And I'll sit down and I'll rewatch every single episode with her. By the time she starts watching it, season four will be done. Like, I'm sure. Yeah. So, like, she can catch up and be ready for when the movie comes out. 
No, please don't. <laughs> okay, so let's start getting into season by season, then we'll get up to where we are currently and then talk about some of our predictions going forward. But just generally, with season one, what are some of your guys' standout moments? What do you appreciate about the very first season? I would say that I liked how it got me into it. It was it was odd because we talked about how I got into it. I watched the first three episodes and took a huge gap between watching anything else. Uh, and I was like into it and I was invested. But at the time when I was watching the first three episodes, I wasn't like, I guess I was paying attention, but at the same time, not a little bit like it, it was put on during a conversation that I was having. And so like I was the one who was intently watching it and getting engaged with it. But it was certainly the third episode specifically where they're just going through the first bits of training. I was just kind of going in and out and I was like, there's so many characters to keep up with. Like that was my big problem with anime is that like you're throwing all these characters at once and have to learn their names. And eventually I will be passionate about each character, but for the time being, you know, it's just a lot. And then you, I picked it up and then season or episode four is episode four is they finish training. And then episode five is when Shiganshima, not Shiganshima, Trost gets, Yes, yeah. blown to bits and then they kill off half the characters so i don't have to remember their names which is is a blessing in so <laughs> many ways but there's so many like neat things that i liked about it. like i liked the way they introduced the characters in the training sequences how they introduced annie with the with the fighting with aaron and like him learning those tricks and how they i love the uh the graduation ceremony where they have to choose whether or not they want to join the uh uh, scouts or not and most of them leave they call them crazy and they walk away i just love all that setup that they do with these characters and how passionate they are about the suicide mission that they're going on and then immediately their first day out of the academy is just this huge arc where it just goes bananas and crazy and so it really does like it sucks you in with those first few episodes and then you're just kind of like okay here we can relax a little bit and then it doesn't let you relax which i liked a lot about the beginning gotcha brand um, season one so there's a lot of like nuances that i like uh especially about season one um I, just quick i'm gonna touch on like the fact and, and how they play with the mysteries and how they like put a pov on you as as the viewer you know the characters don't know what's going on either like they don't know mm. anything no background on um you know like the origins and they're all trying to figure out everything as well and so it's nice when you can almost like relate to a character um, when it, it comes up of like new information, but uh, just in general, if I'm talking about like my favorite parts of season one, I really liked any part with Ani. Um, <laughs> sure. Bro. Hottest anime girl. That's all I'm going to say. Throw His it out kid there. had bro, such relax. a crush on Ani and I was, he was texting me about it and I was like, she was in five episodes, dude. She was Dude. not even that big of a part. Like half the time she was a female Titan. So when you saw the female Titan where you're like, God, she's hot too. What is the unconscious connection? Dude, absolutely. There was, you know, no doubt in my mind. Um, but no, I, th I think the episode where you learn about Mikasa and where Aaron kind of like meets Mikasa and, um, you know, she was going to be kidnapped because she was like this rare type of like person. And, um, Aaron comes in and, you know, everybody in that room and saves mm -hmm. her and grabs her out of there. And to see, like, Mikasa's, like, transforma transformation, because, I mean, she was completely, like, 
innocent and super kind and would never and then just because of that moment she became pretty much just like a badass bitch man like and so um i like to see that in just i mean the developments of like characters overall um and the end of of, of the season i think that the cliffhanger um, was also my favorite when you like get that confirmation 100% that um, Annie is the female Titan mm. and um, you're left on what the heck is going to happen now. <laughs> yeah, that's a great reveal at the end of the season, the way they, they go about that. The cat and mouse game that they're playing, trying to get her into the tunnel. And and you know that that like Armin knows something. like So there's, there's some kind of tension going on there. And the way that it builds to that interaction between him and Annie with with like literally not building up to it at all. And it's just like, how did they get there? Why are they there? What's happening? It's a great, like, like there's just so many layers that we don't know that they reveal later on. That's just built into that sequence where they're just walking to the tunnel and they meet up with Aaron and Mikasa and they're all acting strange. Like, it's just so great. Very true. Did I tell you, I think I did mention it, that that scene really threw me for a loop. I was totally not knowing where it was going because I had accidentally skipped an episode somehow <laughs> during that. So it went from whatever the previous episode was dealing with them escaping the female Titan, like getting Aaron back out from her. And then the next thing I see is them standing at the tunnel and she's going crazy and everyone's surrounding her. And I was like, what is going on? You missed and the whole episode where it's like, like Annie's day. Yeah. Where it's focused on her. And so I was oh. like, what, what just happened? So I had to go back. I quickly realized I was like, hmm, I don't think they would have out of nowhere done the reveal. But I was like, is it going to be one of those things where they show us the future and then they go back in that same episode and show us what led up to it? But no, there was a whole He's episode like, before that. This isn't right, but I should keep watching just in case. I was you never know. considering it. You never know. I mean, they do a lot of flashbacks and play around with time a lot. You never know. But yeah, season one. I think it got off to an extremely strong start. Mm-hmm. Like it's a great premise and it's a great character building moment for Aaron in the beginning already. You immediately know what this kid is all about. My man hates being trapped, hates being treated like livestock, wants freedom, wants to join the scouts so he can fight the Titans and claim freedom. You get that in the first episode and you get those haunting scenes of the colossal titan just standing over the wall looking down at these people that thought such a sight would never happen to them so cool like that is amazing and i love 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 episode five when they do the Aaron fake out death where he Mm -hmm. just gets bit to pieces essentially Mm -hmm. destroyed like his leg and arm are gone Mm -hmm. and then you see him still push through that we see his determination go off the charts and he saves armin and gets chomped and i knew like i knew aaron wasn't dead at that point but there was a part of me that was like if they actually went that route like it would be a totally different story yeah but it would still work because they set that up so well in the following episodes with armin and mikasa her backstory Mm -hmm. i was like they did that so well that i could totally believe the misdirect of him being the main character but then actually it's mikasa and armin yeah that would have worked really well as well Dude, if like it's so hard to watch the show now, watching those scenes, because you just know that Aaron is the main character, and so you know he's not dead. Like, there's just so many obvious reasons why he's not dead, and so that is such an obvious spoiler. But watching that when it came out, 
I could imagine it's just awesome. Like you're just like, did the main character just die? What is going on? And then you're just left on that cliffhanger for like two episodes until he comes back as a Titan. You still don't even know if that's actually him. You're just like, what is this Titan doing here attacking people? Just so many questions that are in there that need to be answered that right. were kind of already answered for me before I even started watching. It's true. Because you you knew like Aaron could change into a Titan. Yes. Which somehow I didn't know. Like I knew there were some interesting Titans floating about, mm-hmm. but I didn't know people could turn into them. So yeah. that was a nice reveal as well. And also that one shot of him punching the head off of one of the Titans and it flies into the uh, bell tower. Mm-hmm. So good. Awesome. I mean, things like that is why the animation is so off the charts. Especially they just have the best fights, the best yes. Titan fights, just the coolest. Truly, truly. Uh, and then I also really like the whole bit with Erwin knowing that the female Titan or someone's going to pursue Aaron. And so he set that trap. Mm-hmm. And then running through the woods, and you have Aaron wanting to fight because he knows he can, but Levi's trying to get him to chill out. And mm-hmm. it all culminates in that moment where they fire the harpoons. Yeah. So good. And like so the so setup good. to that with uh, the two Titans that get murdered. And he's like, who do you think mm-hmm. the real enemy is? And just like building into like what's going on, what's happening. And then that leads into that whole uh, that whole chase ending with that trap is just brilliant and amazing. And then the fact that it just goes so wrong. is also great. And you have uh, Aaron struggling with his choices in those scenes where he's like, I have the power to try and stop this. Should I do it? Should I not do it? Should I follow orders? Should I disobey orders? And and uh, uh, what's his name? Levi. Levi, thank you. God damn it. Levi's like, forget? I can't Captain believe Levi. I'm sorry. <laughs> Levi's, Levi's just like, do what you want. Like, he just gives him the choice. And it's just the thing he needs to, to be able to say, okay, I need to put this in check and consider the mission first. Even though ultimately, I mean, that squad just gets wiped out. Yeah. Oh, and that's so, that's another. That was a great scene. It was a great Levi's episode. one and only love. Oh, so sad. But that moment where one of the other soldiers had cut like they went back to cut a piece off of somebody's scout jacket mm-hmm. to bring it back and then as they're fleeing because titans now got on their trail he has to start kicking out the bodies mm-hmm. and he has to kick petra out too and then later well he had done that same thing earlier where he cut out the thing from her jacket well, they were trying to retrieve the body like the whole body oh, yeah, that's right, right, right. and then they got fucked and then levi was just like in the future just take the patch yeah, and then he gave the patch. He was like, oh, here is the patch from the body. But it was Petra's patch. He gave it up. The last thing he could remember her by. So I didn't know that. That's so sad. Yeah, it's so tragic. So moments like that little, which are pretty subtle too, like you can miss it and all the action and the crazy mystery that's going on, but mm-hmm. little moments like that. Yeah, bro, her death is so brutal. She just gets curb stomped into a tree. Oh, it's so rough. <laughs> it's rough. Truly. Really. All right, any other season one things you want to bring up? I do love that whole mystery with the female Titan. I think it's great. I think when she breaks out of the trap and they're like, perhaps she's not dead, perhaps she's one of us. And then you see like the figure zooming through the forest. I'm like, oh, it's so cool. The mystery is so great and it's there. And even though like I could kind of figure it out before it was revealed, it was still, it was great. Mm-hmm. The whole buildup is just great. It's great because they just get rid of her character so quickly that you forget she kind of exists, but then they do good enough on recapping who she was 
for you to remember and be like, I can't believe I forgot this character. Uh, of course, it's her. Which exactly. is great. Just a great mystery element to season one. All right. Season two, which was quite a short season compared oh, to all yeah. the other ones. Uh, but this one, it's very unique. And I like that we do get a chance to spend some time with the side characters, especially the first half of that season when they're at the castle. Mm-hmm. That was really interesting to me. And we got to flesh out a lot of people whose names I didn't even know. Like back Krista um, mm-hmm. or Historia of Historia and Ymir. Like these people, they were in season one, but very brief. Forgot about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, who are these people? Um, so it was nice that we were able to really flesh out them. And we also got more of that mystery with who are these Titans? Where do they come from? What do they want? Where do they we go? have Ymir saving them what do they know do they know things let's find out <laughs> god dang it how far are you you're finished on bojack i right? finished bojack yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so good mm-hmm. we'll talk about that sometime later next month but with that whole thing like ymir's transformation also something i wasn't expecting came out of nowhere because that whole time i was on to reiner i thought this man is the armored mm-hmm. titan had yeah. no clue about Burt Hole in the Colossal Titan. I don't know why I put, didn't put that together. Because I it's thought because, he'd be a bigger bad. Yeah, it's because he seems like the ultimate villain. Like, he is the final bad guy to the show. He just, like, has that presence. And he's not. He's just tall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was. But I knew from the blonde hair, I was like, okay, Reiner is definitely yeah. the armored Titan. And so I was expecting that whole time at the castle. I was like, okay, when are they going to transform? And it's going to be... A crazy shock because they're going to save them because they care about those people specifically but now we know that those are the people that destroyed the wall but then it was ymir out of nowhere out of left field so that was shocking but then the actual reveal for reiner and Bertolt, the way it was just so, so casual what a crazy reveal i know yeah yeah it's like just just a casual conversation hey aaron i'm the colossal or i'm the armor titan he's the colossal titan you want to come with us? <laughs> yeah, that one but was... But it's, it's played good. into the same way they found out about Annie is that they figured it out beforehand and so there's tension in that scene as well. As They're like, we need to get them underground quick before they can transform. Exactly. The, it's the same plan and it doesn't work either way. And it's great because, yeah, everyone other than Aaron knew at that point. But in us as the audience, we also weren't expecting it at that time so quite a brilliant way they set that up and then oh that whole scene where he transforms like they transform as mikasa tries to stab him and kill him that's just so satisfying every time someone kills them as they're about to transform and you see like their limb is off or half their neck just got stabbed but then they're still able to transform Mm -hmm. and so we weren't able to take them out that's just always so frustrating and satisfying like damn it was so close yeah but that whole part was great any great. other season two moments, Brandon? Um, not really, man. I think I mean when you when you look back retrospectively, like there's a lot of hinting in season two, like a mm-hmm. lot of hinting. Once like the you... whole ending song. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> the yeah. ending credits. Yeah. The OP ending credits is like literally the story that we learned from this recent episode. This recent episode tied that all together finally. Um. But no, I just mean like with the language um, that they see when they're in that they're they're in the castle, um, and and Ymir pulls up that wine bottle and like she can read it, and um, 
uh, so you learn that obviously mm-hmm. there's something else outside of the walls, or at least that it's a so it, it there's like a lot of hinting um, that something's going on outside of the walls, uh, and just th- also the latter end of season two, we start to see a shift in Aaron um, with he's almost questioning his abilities because the more people that he sees being killed that are close to close to him at this point, um, it you can see it where he's, he's like blaming himself. And he, in my opinion, from the middle of season one to two, um, you know, almost, you know, he's like, Oh, I'm the chosen one. And not that he's cocky, but he's very confident. And that relays um, into a lot of um, basically, uh, doubt at the end of the second season and pushing into season three but yeah that mm-hmm. is a great point you touch on because the season finale titled scream is such a great showcase in that because he gets beaten down so much and the way they bring back the hana's character and that's a good little mini arc they had for him because in the pilot he wasn't able to face down the titan and so he just grabbed the kids and left the mom to die and this time He's facing that same Titan, but now he's able to fully confront that Titan in order to save the kids. And he failed. He got killed. And Aaron was, in the meantime, trying to transform. And he's biting his hand off and crying and sobbing as because he, he knows, I can do this if I just transform, but I'm not transforming. I'm failing mm-hmm. at this. He's dead because of me. Like, that was so, so heartbreaking. Like, the voice acting in that scene particularly off the charts incredible mm-hmm. so so good and the whole bit where oh and mikasa also she stopped fighting we see her fight all the time but she was like i'm gonna spend this last moment being close to aaron and letting him know how much he means to me and then that gives him the push to fight one more time and he does a whole punch thing and then a titan flies over the hill and takes down that titan like that's just so good Mm-hmm. on the character moment as well but then we get another when we think we're learning some things about who these people are now we know the colossal we know the armored but now all of a sudden Aaron can control titans maybe like they do such a good job of always propelling the mystery and still wrapping that up in really solid character arcs and progression so a great way to end that season really good stuff yeah, for is, season. It, wait, hang on. Is season two sure. or season three the one where we learn about Emir's backstory? Uh, two. two. That was crazy to me because I was just watching and I was like, none of this makes sense whatsoever, and I'm so completely confused. And I was like, Spencer, did I miss something? Am I not following <laughs> something? Because they explain everything. They explain that there is a founder Emir, that there is this cult following Emir, and that there are certain people who, when injected with something, turn into titans and they're kicked over a wall. So like, it explains and just tells you everything. And it's just so confusing. It just takes me by such surprise. I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, <laughs> I, I literally thought I missed an episode because I was so confused by everything that was happening in that scene. But it's it's such a good way to tease what is coming without actually saying what it is. Because I was like, is this the what was happening within the walls like hundreds of years ago? Is that why there are Titans surrounding the place? Obviously, Titans, like the normal Titans are people. We know that from not only this backstory, but also the people who were in the ta- in Connie's town turned into Titans at some point. Like we know that I'm like, what is, what is going on? Like, there's just so many crazy things happening. Truly. And in season three, the first half of it, which I'm splitting into two. So season three, a, we do get a lot more answers, especially with the Royal family 
And this one is the section of Attack on Titan that deals the least with the Titans, especially barely the any Titans dumb ones yeah, outside the wall. So that one was really fascinating. We focused on more of the human enemies inside the wall. Mm-hmm. So any any parts of season three A that stuck out to you guys? So the first episodes I watched of the show ever was Spencer was rewatching the beginning of season three with Kenny, like the whole Kenny bits where they're fighting. And so I just sat down and watched a couple episodes with him. And I was like, this is super cool, but where the fuck are the Titans? Like, I was so confused. Yeah. Like, what is going on? And he, I just had a really good time. And there was like the the end of the first episode where um, it just ends with Kenny showing up and shooting the people and Aaron running away. And Spencer was like, this part's awesome. He's like, I'm, I, he's like uh, I like that character, I like that character. There's two people that get shot. And then I go to watch and I'm like, these people are barely in the show. Like, they just get <laughs> shot. They're in it and then they get shot. Yeah. So I don't know what he liked about them, but then they were dead. But I love that whole sequence of Aaron and Kenny, like sort of the ODM gear chase that they're going through. The whole sequence with those characters is just so incredible. I love what they do with Kenny. I think he's awesome. I love learning more about Levi's. Did I say Aaron? I meant to say Levi. I love learning more about Levi's uh, character and his background and what a, a skinny wretch of a kid he used to be in the in the <laughs> underground that we barely know anything about. But I thought all of that was great. And then I kind of liked the stuff in the Crystal Cave. I don't know. I, I enjoyed it and I understood its purpose, but I was not as connected or excited by it as I was with the like the the bits with Kenny and like the gang trying to get Aaron back and all that stuff at the beginning of the first half of the season. Really? You think it's because it, it was more like because the, the second half of season three was really a lot of like explaining and a lot of like dialogue and internal mm-hmm. dialogue. Um, but like to me, I feel like the first half of season three was the most, um, like not similar material that we've had thus far in the rest of the story. Like when I think of the first half of season three, I almost like think of that as like an isolated, like whole little side thing where they venture into the politics and you have, um, it basically what you guys were saying before, like there's not a lot of Titans involved. Um, it's a lot of the, uh, of, of, you know, like the, the military trying to stop, um, uh Aaron mm-hmm. and we don't know why but they're trying to take you know uh Historia and um obviously we, we figure out later when they go into the Crystal Cave and you have her boy Rod but uh <laughs> I don't know like I think I like the second half better just because you learn you start to learn like so much because you have you, you really learn about like the royal bloodline and what mm-hmm. that means and its existence and you learn about king fritz and um you learn like why the royal bloodline has to you know have the founding titan um you know obviously to be able to use its powers so i think that i mean personally to me i like the second half more because it answered a lot more questions you know underlying questions that we didn't know in the story to me i felt like there weren't enough questions answered at that point and there was a lot more being raised that oh, i yeah. was having trouble following on rewatch i'd probably like it a lot more but at the time i was just like they're in a cave i know now i know about the bloodlines and i don't know about the true king but i don't know why they want aaron specifically i don't know like i like we're learning more about the founding titan as it's coming out i'm like okay i guess that makes sense and it's just like it is bombarding me with a lot of answers but then those answers raise even more questions that don't get answered until the second half of season three. And I just, it was a lot to pro like questions being answered, questions being raised, and then trying to balance that with all this action. 
So everything in the Crystal Caves was just sort of okay to me. But then once Rod becomes big, the big slug thing, I thought that was <laughs> I thought that was just a lot of fun. I thought that was funny. The Turkey Titan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. For, I like that bit a lot. For me, season three A, first part of season three is definitely the weakest of the series. I, like I agree it. with you. Yeah, I like it the least. I just uh, love Titans. Like I love them interacting with the Titans and trying to well, problem solve with the Titans. See, because I I was waiting for this part to happen because I had thought like I thought much more of the end game of Attack on Titan would be related to a conspiracy within the walls and having to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Didn't realize it would be a whole another world in a war across the seas that would really be what the end game is. But I was anticipating this. And I definitely liked where they were starting to go with the political intrigue of overthrowing the corrupt government. And Erwin comes in and he's getting arrested and put on trial, but he's able to essentially execute a coup in order to prevent that. I like that stuff. I just wish it were built up more because mm-hmm. it sort of happened in like one episode. Like yeah, yeah, it, was up to something. it was it was over <laughs> right away. It was very quick. So. Yeah, that part to me, just because I was like building up my head so much and I thought that I was sure that was going to be where a lot of the answers lied and it wasn't. I was like, "Ah, okay, but there were some great parts in it, like the stuff in the Crystal Cave. I actually did like that a bit more than the whole Kenny stuff. Uh, And I thought, dude, the design of the blood mask when Rod cut Aaron's forehead and the blood trickles down his face. Oh, that's awesome. Like, that was just phenomenal. I'm like, the visuals so cool. are beautiful. That and the Titan marks around their eyes, mm-hmm. just incredible visuals. Uh, so I really like that. I also liked when Kenny was dying, his whole speech about everyone's drunk on something. I thought that was really good. And the way we were able to tie that to each of what our main characters are dealing with Erwin trying to find the truth, Aaron trying to kill all the Titans, Armin getting to the sea, trying to be diplomatic, Mikasa trying to protect Aaron. I really liked how that framed how everyone is really doing whatever they can in order to pursue that thing that they have. And we'll just rationalize it as much as we can, as long mm-hmm. as they're able to get closer to it. Yeah. I think that's really great. And of course that comes around in season four when we get, when we see how similar our guys really are to Reiner and all of them. But I'm... go ahead. Sorry. I was just curious. Um What's all? Because I know you're moving on. You're about to move on to season four. Um, season three, I, I want to know how what you guys thought when um, you guys learned that uh, Mikasa was related to uh, Levi. Oh, I liked it. I thought it was cool. Like I thought that whole backstory with his character and like how they tie in together. I thought that was very neat. I think it makes a lot of sense too. It definitely does. Yeah. In retrospect, yeah, it makes sense that there's something going on there that makes them so skilled at fighting and doing what they do. Mm-hmm. great so yeah let's move on to season 3b second half of season 3 which i think is the best part of the show oh it's so good it it's is non-stop <laughs> amazing this dude just the whole start of it where they're just planning on going and they're at the very top of the wall in trost and erwin like raises his fist and just like screams to everybody and they all cheer it's just because right. so, like the whole time you see these flashbacks to them honoring the scouts as heroes and like you don't see that at all in the present day, and this is like the first time you see the people rally in support of these scouts who are going out on the suicide mission to reclaim their territory. And it's just so empowering. It's so awesome. Absolutely. 
Tell me you wouldn't go with that man, Erwin, as he's shouting from the top of the wall. Or I would, and I would have been killed. I would have been killed <laughs> oh, yeah, instantly. Absolutely. I would have died with him. I would have been slaughtered. I would have said, Sisagio, or whatever it is they say. <laughs> Do the little salute. But yeah, this one is just insane. It is the culmination of everything that came before. All the action you could want, and all the answers you could want, all in one stretch of like eight episodes it was phenomenal and there's a little trilogy in here during the fight when they return to shigenshina that i think is spectacular starts with perfect game which deals with Irwin's side of the wall him and levi and all the scout recruits like this is their first mission and they're getting pinned down by the beast titan mm-hmm. and he's so close to his dream he's so close and he mm-hmm. even considered he's like i could just run and make it there I could forget all this stuff and just find out the secrets for myself, even though I'm dooming humanity in this final fight. But he chooses to give humanity a chance, give up his dream, sacrifice so that. So tragic. And lead the scouts to their deaths. And he's completely upfront with them about it, too. He's like, guys, we are going <laughs> to die. We are definitely going to get killed. But let's go do that because that is how we make sure that the sacrifices those who came before us made means something so good absolutely incredible then they followed it up with the episode hero which we get to see reiner and the colossal titan taken down but we also see armin get sacrificed with his plan of holding onto the teeth and just getting burnt to a crisp crispy biscuit that was insane god he's really just dying man it's so hard to watch yeah and then his little the thing at the very end where they show the flashback of him getting beat up and Aaron's like, why do you keep doing this? Why do you keep losing? He's like, I didn't lose because I didn't run away. And he didn't lose fighting the Claws of Titan because he didn't run away. That was what allowed him to win. Like that stuff, just brilliant, brilliant storytelling. And then Midnight Sun, they round it all off with an episode that's just Sophie's choice. It's just choosing who's going to die, who's going to live, Erwin or Armin. Who are we going to make into a Titan and force them to keep living? As both of them are on the precipice of their dreams, right? Because Armin was all about the sea. And he's like, oh, after this, we can finally get there. Mm-hmm. So, so good. Absolutely love that part. Guys, who would you choose? Brandon, who would you have chose? <laughs> um, I think the smart option, obviously, um, Erwin. Just because, I mean, he's he's been the mastermind so far of like the whole of the whole show. And, you know, formulating these crazy ideas and like uh uh you know plans um to retake the walls and go out and do stupid things that nobody else could get you know all his gambles oh yeah and um i mean definitely erwin and also i mean imagine him right now just dropping straight bombs on people well i don't know that er aaron would not be getting away with anything he's been doing if erwin were still Mm -hmm. alive i'll tell you that much i feel like to me i feel like Armin was the better choice. I mean, Erwin has been making a lot of these plans for sure, but he's taken a lot of L's throughout the show. Like a lot of his plans, as genius as they are, fall through horribly because he just can't predict everything. And then more and more of his scouts keep dying. And I think he knows that, but he just keep willingly takes the L because he gets a little bit closer each time. Like it's like two steps forward, one step back each each time, but it's like a heavy step back. But with Armin, bro, every time he comes up with a plan, any kind of setback is very minor, but they still get it done, and they get it done with 
barely any steps back. Like they're always pushing forward. I feel like Armin is a better strategist than Erwin. I don't know. Also, I think he think learned he, a lot from. He had Erwin. lower stakes things that he had to come up with. I feel like if Armin knew the information that Erwin did and had to make a similar choice as Erwin, he would make a similar choice. But I think he would be able to to facilitate it in a way where they're they wouldn't be taking so many else during these plans it means yeah, he's not that. in a situation where he knows any information compared to erwin right, erwin's a genius for sure but i mean well, he also i think it's, just... it's both of them they're both geniuses and really good strategists for sure but i think what set erwin apart is his willingness to be the monster be the devil that humanity as, needs. as what's his name says what is his name flaw floor flock 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 god i fucking hate that guy but yeah, yeah as he says he, he's he's the monster that they needed and I don't think they needed that monster anymore because well, now Ur- Baron is that monster. Now we have it. Well, and we def- we don't need that monster. No one needed him. No. But yeah, I like the way that they had Levi, who this was his friend, and he knew this was coming. He wanted Erwin to stay behind. He threatened to break his leg so he couldn't come on the mission. And now he has to choose to let him die or let him continue, knowing it'd probably benefit humanity to let him continue because he's that good of a strategist. And he knows Erwin would willingly make himself more like continue to stain himself and stain his soul in order to help humanity do what they need to do but he decides to let him rest just let him be done even though he can't find out the truth that he wanted so badly he's gonna just let him rest uh, yeah, the right there at the very end when he like moves his arm you know as levi's about to uh, puncture him and then he has that flashback um it's oh it's just so good it's so good it is so poetically tragic but yeah and then we get after that amazing fight we get all the answers in the basement finally after three seasons i remember that was a gripe i had early on as well i was like they keep i was ready i was like okay season one we're gonna get to the basement we're gonna find out some stuff that'd be great Mm. and then three seasons later is when we actually do that if i were watching this live if i were in 20 if 13 year old me Saw season one, and I was like, wow, we didn't get to the basement. And I had to wait <laughs> until 2019 or whatever it was to find out. Oh, I would have been so upset. I know. So tragic. But they get there eventually, which is very satisfying. The thing about me is when I was watching this, of course, I watched it in a week and a half. And I had all these great questions, and I was so thrilled on the edge of my seat. And then in like a matter of an episode or two, they just info dump and answer every single question. Like pretty much satisfy all the questions that i have raising only a few in addition and i'm like wow that's that's just everything and so leading into season four having that we'll get there but having that sort of change in perspective and all that stuff was a little odd to me because i was like ah you just you gave me all these answers and now i'm just watching something completely different so it was definitely a different experience but i learned to love it for what it was definitely all right, any other final thoughts on season three B, the second just half? Just phenomenal. Just through and through, perfect. Top tier. And I love like the way they ended it off as well when they finally mm-hmm. hit the sea. And it's such a beautiful moment for everyone else, especially for Armin. He's picking up the little sea shell, the creature that only comes from the sea they've never seen before. And then Aaron, the only thing he can think about is if we kill our enemies across the sea, Will we finally be free? And that's just oh, so tragic that that's all this man can think about. 
he's bound to that sort of logic. And in season four, we see it all come to a head. And so there are many changes, the most glaring of which being an animation change. Real quick, what do y'all think about that? It's cool. It's cool. I think, I think it's, nice. it's I think it's I think it's pretty cool. I think that it's even cooler when they do flashbacks and they like reanimate some of the scenes that you see in season one. Um, I actually saw like because it became a whole thing on Twitter about people talking about um, and just saying their opinions on the new animations of the old um, uh, just flashbacks. But I think you know it's symbolic in a way. The reason why um, they wanted to switch is they wanted to give it a different tone. Um, and it's one of the things that Hajime, you know, kind of talked about. He wanted a different tone for that final season because it gets, you know, as we would f- soon learn very quickly, you know, it completely changes the whole um, just tone of the show. And it's symbolic in a way because when they have those flashbacks and you see, you know, season one through what MAPPA has done, um, it's, uh, sorry about the interruption, <laughs> it becomes... Um, it's just like, you know, you're seeing everything now in a new lens, a completely new lens, mm-hmm. and it looks dimmer. And, you know, they have those lines over the eyes and everything just looks like sadder and almost like grayer in a way. And it's just, you know, so uh, almost eye opening as a viewer watching that and like making the difference in the contrast, because, you know, we know so much, you know, different. You know, we just we just know so much about that situation now. And it's a lot more grimmer than we knew originally when we learned, like, for instance, about um, and we'll get there. But when we learn about like um, Grisha, you know, Aaron's dad and the whole basement key scene and how that was not in any way as like simple or innocent as it looked um, when we saw it the first time in season mm-hmm. one. So I think that um, <laughs> indirectly, they did a really, really cool thing by actually changing um, the style. And I think that it helps change that, that uh, you know, 180 kind of uh, change with the, the, the light of the show as well. Yeah, I, I think, agree. would you say there, like the narrative justification for changing the animation, I think holds up. There just is, uh, like there are moments where I'm like, uh, I kind of miss the old animation style. But that's okay. I like the things over the eyes that you brought up, I feel like it's just it's a little overused. Like it's a little oh, too sure. much. Yeah, it's I'm like true. just tone it down, just pull it back. Like every single time, every single character has that same thing, and I'm like, eh, I don't know about that. And some of the like CGI mm-hmm. fights that they have, specifically the Beast Titan fighting Levi in the forest, you know, probably could use more time doing the yeah. animation for that. But that's the production schedules. I think that's the mm-hmm. worst part about it. Which is why it also sucked that they had to split it in two. I wish they would have just allowed them the time to mm-hmm. do the full season, animate the full thing, and put it out instead of having them do these crazy schedules. Yeah. But yeah. And of course, anytime you do hand animation, it will look better than CGI. It's just a thousand times harder and a thousand times more expensive. It's just so much work. And it's just easier for them to pump out these scenes if they do it with certain elements of CG. I mean, it's why there was a lot of transition in the early 2000s and the late 90s with like uh, the Iron Giant using the Iron Giant as a CG character and a lot of those early 2000s Disney movies no longer being completely hand animated and things like that. It's just it's easier and it's a lot cheaper to do. So it is kind of sad to see the hand animation go away just because it is such a beautiful art form in and of itself. 
but you just kind of have to get used to the CG elements of it, I suppose. Yeah, I think... just, I'll always be partial to hand animation, though, you know, just me. Yeah. All right. So, with season four, the first half, what are some of the standout moments for you guys? Armin just coming in as a nuke, bro. Just, <laughs> just full on destroying the harbor, just without any expression on his face with just total remorse afterward, just like, I guess this is just what I got to do. And then just drops in and just bombs the whole thing. So yeah. violent. Which is so sad because he was the one that hard, that found it hardest to adjust to fighting humans in season three. Yes. The whole bit where even John couldn't even kill the human that was right in front of him. And then she hesitated because she didn't want to kill this human right in front of her. And Armin was the one that did it, and he was so upset about it afterwards. And now he had to destroy a whole harbor, like half the city just gone because of him. And he had to look down and watch it. Ugh, that is so tragic. Mm -hmm. Can I also say that when I watched those first few episodes, the Kenny arc in the beginning with Spencer when I was first watching it, and Armin kills that one girl, I also thought Armin was a girl. <laughs> dude shout out to the best change in season four which was armin's haircut glowing up yeah <laughs> yeah for sure man finally he needed it uh okay i also think like what you're describing that whole attack on do we remember what the city is called <laughs> that they attack in marley i don't know okay. no the marley and the marley yeah, city the marley me. capital a perfect mirror to the attack on shigen sheena Mm -hmm. way back then we get to and i love how they started out season four as well introducing us to uh falco and gabby and their little group and showing us the eldians how they're treated uh, across the sea like we already got that from grisha's little story but seeing now how they're still being groomed to take over the titans and these are this is our trio from the first few episodes like, this is them, and now they get attacked in their home by these people they don't know, who they only see as monsters, and it's so sad to see that cycle happen again. And Aaron willingly did it, because he knew that this was the same thing that Reiner was going through when he attacked the wall. Like, that little conversation between Aaron and Reiner, with oh, Falco so having to see it, which is so sad for him. That's twice. Like, Falco and Gabby, they both had to watch Aaron have some conversation with one of his old peeps and see Aaron being a whole schmuck. But yeah, that was incredible. And then him shifting the second they declare war on Aaron Yeager. So good. That whole batch of episodes as well, where we the Mikasa funnels in and the rest of the scouts and Levi, and they have that whole battle there. And it all culminates in Sasha getting sniped. Oh, no. So good. tragic, bro. Tragic absolutely i just remember being so like dumbfounded at aaron like what are you doing kid like <laughs> when he started his attack i just i was i was like so upset because you know the same thing what ryan was saying the same thing happens to him um and so for him to like know that and then still go and do it it's just so it's so villainous so evil but at the same time like when i look back and i like reflect I'm not upset because when you see all of what happened to Aaron through the series, 
Like, mm-hmm. it's not a far stretch and a leap. You know, maybe it's, yeah, it's someone at that point in time that we, like, really cared about. But I, and, and, and you know, we and, and a lot of people really liked Aaron in the first couple seasons. And I think that it was also really daring by um, Hajime to do was to take Aaron and, and make him almost, you know, um, a, a villain and do a 180 sw- uh, a swap because, I mean, he must have known writing that, that it would make a lot of people upset. And, right. but he took that bullet and, um, and wrote it and made it happen. Um, you know, and now that we've seen the second half of season of, of four, like I'm, I'm, I'm just so happy mm. that they kind of went in this direction, but you know, um, and also, you know, segueing to like Gabby and Falco, them too. Um, it's so like parallel to what Aaron went through, um, and the sacrifices they had to make, and all the people that they saw die, and and now they want all they want to do is exactly what Aaron wanted was to revenge, was to stop their enemies, um, and so it's so cool to um, kind of see that endless cycle play out, and uh, you know just continue forth and at the same time it's like gut-wrenching because you're like you know Aaron why are you doing this you know that this is only going to make problems worse and all the things that you preached about you know that it would happen again and and even in his conversation with Reiner and still like still made it happen so um yeah man the midway through season four and his decision to attack Marley definitely off the chain yeah did you guys were you rooting for Aaron at all or the Jaegerists at all? <laughs> no. In no, season four? Uh, no. What's yeah. no. You want to know something funny? The the anime awards happened recently and Aaron Jaeger won best antagonist. <laughs> nice. For the for the first half of season four. That's great. And I love like as you said, Isayama, who wrote the manga, like he's the creator behind the whole thing. Him making that choice is so brilliant. I love that he actually went that way and we're still seeing, I mean, knowing what we know now, it seems like he's going all the way in terms of Aaron being the antagonist. But I love that we were able to fully understand why he's at this point. And obviously it's a terrible thing. No one agrees with it or should agree with it, but knowing how the circumstances that he faced and all the trauma and struggles and whatnot he went through led him to this point. It's incredible because we understand him. We understand all the people that he's fighting against now, like Gabby. The same thing that she's feeling is what he felt. And she's trying to act on that revenge. And she has to learn, no, this isn't okay. And thankfully, it seems like she'll be the person that is able to avoid that thought process, which I love that they had that throughout this season, uh, this half of the season, and then followed it up in part two of her realizing, oh, yeah, the island devils are just the same as me like we are the same and we're just caught up in these horrible circumstances and getting brainwashed by the people that came before us to hate these people that we don't even know um really really complex stuff that for a show that started out with us just fighting these mindless titans these big colossal zombies really great stuff and i also want to highlight just one episode the children of the forest episode absolutely encapsulates that perfectly it's so sad and tragic to see gabby gloating essentially about killing sasha nicolo who was able to break down that like essentially that prejudice and was able to love sasha now kills gabby or wants to kill gabby smash the wine bottle over falco's head children mind you like he's trying to kill children 
Mm-hmm. And he goes crazy. Yeah. And then Sasha's father is able to, to talk uh, talk Nicolo down from doing that. And then that one girl that Sasha saved, the same yeah, one yeah. who was really merciful to Gabby and Falco, knew that they were outsiders, but still brought them in and kept their secret, just sprints around the corner with a knife and tries to dig into Gabby's neck. That was just so crazy and so sad. Ugh. Yay to see it. And then how about Aaron's talk with Mikasa and Armin? Heartbreaking, bro. Ugh. It is. Brandon, I remember watching that with you and you knew what was going to happen in that episode. And I was, I was like, ah, we'll see. We'll see how this goes. I was floored after that. Could not believe it. Like him saying that thing about Mikasa is just a slave. He's she's programmed to protect him at all costs and then armin tries to attack him and mikasa stops armin just instinctively oh like that realization for her had to be i can't even imagine what that must have felt like had to be horrible and then all the things aaron was saying that he hates her always hated her beats up armin i was like this is horrible and people were saying oh there has to be a reason he's pushing them away to protect them and I'm still wondering, is he pushing away to protect them now that he's got the whole world dying? Essentially, how is he going to ensure their protection? I yeah. just can't believe that. Obviously, he couldn't have meant it. But still, the fact that he would do this to these people that were his childhood friends. I just, oh, horrible. You know, just, it's, it's, it does do the thing that the earlier season do where it just raises so many questions about what happened in this time jump that changed his perspective? What did he see in the future that is guiding his decisions? And when are we going to find out about it? Like there's so much we don't know factoring into the decisions he's making all through the first half of the season. And now the second half of the season that we just don't have the answer to. And it just keeps seeming like it's going his way, which is exactly what is supposed to be happening. And like, it's going to end somehow. It's going to be his way most likely, but we just don't know what his end game is. And what he sees that we don't. Right. Which is a great way. Because again, we got all the answers about the Titans and what's going mm-hmm. on with them. And we know where all the people about the past. The now our yeah. questions have to do with the future. Exactly. Because that was the big question is what is Aaron's plan? What is this man getting at? And then we find out with the euthanasian thing. But we're like, mm, is that really the plan? And of course, we find out it wasn't. I mean, the only thing I was, uh, the only other thing I was going to talk about was, um, you know, at this point, we're seeing like the reincurring theme of uh, of like dreams because the same thing that happens to Aaron in season one of episode one, uh, Falco has a dream in season yes. one, or not season one, but episode one of this of season four. And a lot of people don't talk about this, and I feel like I feel like it's really weird <laughs> because you didn't talk about it <clears throat> until last week. <laughs> well, I just found it so weird because you know he what he talks about in his dream is that he was flying around killing titans and he didn't know it was called odm gear but he explains that he was like literally flying around and you know just eliminating titans with like a squad of people so it makes me wonder because the only other person that we know that has dreams to the future at this point you know is aaron so um i don't know it's just something to think about do you think do you think possibly Falco will end up with all of Aaron's Titans? Do you think he'll eat Aaron and consume all the Titans? And then he'll have what? He'll have the Jaw Titan. He'll have everything except the Card Titan and the Beast Titan, right? 
and the colossal yeah. and the female. And the colossal and the female. You're right. Unless he eats Armin too and Annie. <clears throat> no. When is Annie going to come back, bro? That's She's what I'm saying. She's been frozen since the end of season one. <laughs> I can't believe that. I was telling Brandon she's, earlier, I think. She's he hinted at in the in the theme song, isn't she? Like they yes, show the Yeah, no, she's she has absolutely has to come back because she's in the opener. But I think it's so dumb that they once spoiled it in the opening. But also at this point, like everyone's waiting for it. You're gonna have to rumbling. The there's yet. so much like hype for her to yeah. come back. Like there's no way he's not. And well, Ryan, do you remember our original like theories? Um sure and I was telling you how there's many I thought, well, yeah, yeah but, well, about about Annie and how like Hajime like side charactered her because like later on in the story when they explain how the Titan powers work, her power technically doesn't work because if you devour the female Titan and you're not a female, you grow boobs. What is it? <laughs> it's because she's she has the hardening but not fully, the scream but not fully. She's agile but not fully like the jaw titan so she's like a mix of various different things but yeah it still doesn't make sense i'm gonna i'm so pissed at <laughs> isayama 4 he plans out the entire series he makes one episode one to you two thousand years from now makes this most recent episode from you two thousand years ago got the, the whole thing planned out but he didn't think hmm should I call this Titan something other than the female Titan? Why would they call her the female Titan? Every other Titan has a specific name related to their powers. Why is the female Titan just called a female Titan? It makes sense if the scouts called her that initially. Why because would the, rest the of them Marleans are cool call they're her guys. that? Because they're guys. She's just a woman. Women have been the other Titans. It just makes no sense. I, I was talking earlier. <laughs> Peaks with, yeah, peak. With... Lily, I think the best way to end the series is if Levi consumes Ani to become the female Titan. Wow. That is how it must happen. That's how Levi defeats. And then he gets boobs. Yeah. It's he just has Levi, but with boobs. Levi Big with honkers, boobs. and he defeats Aaron that way. <laughs> just knocks him around. I think that would, that would be destroy funny. the internet. I think that if <laughs> Levi with boobs were to come, come, come to fruition. Do you imagine would, it? Uh, Isayama, he did all this just for a big gag at the end to have Limai be the female. It Titan. just becomes hentai, like Titan hentai. <laughs> oh my god! And it's the not even the last up. episode; it's after the end credits. They do like a Marvel thing where it's like, oh, and by the way, this happens. And the last thing you see is just Aaron eating Anna, or sorry, mm -hmm. Levi. And then Samuel L. Jackson shows up to recruit them. I hope that's the end. This better be what we talk about in the finale episode. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but okay, so yeah, talking about season four, B, second half, a lot of crazy things happened. They got off with a big start with the Marley invasion, mm -hmm. and then we got Reiner versus Eren, round three or four, or whatever it is. Am I the only one that always thinks of Marley and me every time they say Marley? <laughs> yeah, Marley was an interesting choice for the name. Like, all of them are really cool. Paradis, Eldia, and they're just like, Marley. Yeah, not the most threatening, but... Not the most threatening still put on a good invasion coming in mm -hmm. uh so that whole episode is great and then we get to the wine situation where the wine of it all yeah where everyone gets turned because uh zeke screams and this is why i don't like zeke 
Aaron is crazy right now. He's worse, I guess. But Zeke, I still hate with an absolute passion mm-hmm. because he relishes in causing harm to people. Mm-hmm. Like he enjoys it. That whole thing mm-hmm. when he was throwing rocks at the end of season three. Yeah, had all he the was scouts. Like, oh, almost perfect game. Yeah, he loved it. He loved taunting Levi by turning all of his buddies into Titans and making him have to kill all of them. Like he gets off on this stuff. And here he is looking at Falco in Colt pleading to just let him run away in the other direction far enough to not get caught in the screen. And he does it anyway. <laughs> Killing all those people, all those aliens, all those Marley soldiers Colt. as well. This man, he just does not care. So bad. And it's I, an interesting parallel between him and Aaron since they're both a lot of casualties in them trying to get to the, their goal, which is genociding people. It's just Aaron's genociding non-Eldians, and uh, Levi was trying to genocide the Eldians. Zeke. Both to end... Oh, yeah, Zeke. Both to end their conflict. That'd be crazy if <laughs> Levi was trying to do it. Um, so, yeah, that was wild. And then Falco, we, he was about to eat Reiner, which would have been nuts. Because Reiner's all depressed and wants to die, but he wants to protect those kids. And he was like, maybe this is how I do it. He gets to live again, and I get to die. But nope, he's got to continue on. And Falco eats uh, Porco, another interesting name, to become the Joel Titan. And we still haven't seen him as Joel yet. He hasn't like woken up. So that'll be interesting to see. Yeah, what'd y'all he looked think? pretty dumb as a regular Titan. <laughs> he looked he had a big old long neck. Yeah. And uh, what's his name? What's her name? Emir, when she turned into a Titan, she ended up looking like that Titan after she consumed the Jaw yeah. Titan. Mm-hmm. So Which it's is very another... possible he would just look like this long necked weirdo. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's a little uh, inconsistent, I guess, on when you turn into a Titan, but then you also turn into the intelligent titan who knows mm-hmm. what'd y'all think of the episode where aaron got his head shot off midway through bro, gabby's great excellent marksman bro yeah that's, that's what, what i'm saying. saying great shot assassin's <laughs> bullet for real that was <laughs> incredible a moving target hit the neck perfect sent that head flying that was great because that's also one of those moments where obviously he's not dead but just seeing his head spinning around yeah what also, a also Zeke is is really good at throwing. We've we've seen that up until this point. But talk about a great catch, man! <laughs> yeah. Right, right in the glove. For real, it came in handy. All the all the throwing and catching, it really defined his entire life. Absolutely. That's he got blew my the... mind. Oh, sorry. Which one did what? That's blew his sh- mind too. <laughs> well, he looked so far away from Zeke, like. And the scene right before um, he gets his head caught, like, I remember watching that scene and I was like, there's no way his head flew, like, what looked like half a football field. Into I'm telling heads. you, dude, it was a really good catch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, defied physics in order to make catch it happen. That head. Uh, but then we got the whole double, double cross in the coordinate land. Triple Uno reverse cards. Yeah, that shit has been great the past few episodes. Yeah, that was great. I loved, we got one episode where we were able to cheer for Aaron again, where he's like, no, we're not doing your stupid plan, Zeke. And he gets super angry. And this whole season, he's just been lifeless. 
like doesn't really display much emotion but in that one he was all furious again i was like yes aaron thank you you're back and then the next episode i'm like he's psyched. crazy again he's absolutely insane a manipulating everything manipulating and, his father in the past yeah which that was which a whole he would not ordeal. have been able to do unless zeke put him in that place exactly place, mm-hmm. which is nuts yeah trying to it's figure it, figure that one out untangle how this whole thing is happening mm-hmm. using future memories of past versions of attack titans to influence yourself in order to make yourself happen to that part is mind-blowing but yeah great great stuff there and then brandon you and i we were so confident which it could still happen but we were talking about it before this most recent episode we were like okay we know aaron's plan he's he hates being controlled by anything and if future attack titans can control you and influence you then this kid who cares about freedom more than anything, what's he going to want to do in the Titan cycle? He doesn't want any successors because they can influence him. He wants to end the ability for people to control him. So he's got to end the cycle. That's his plan. We were like, that's got to be his plan. <clears throat> How does he do it? How does the rumbling fit in? Don't know, but he's got to do something like that. Turns out, <laughs> his plan, as we know it right now, is to actually kill the world, kill everyone, mm-hmm become the ultimate skelly whale titan and just swim his way around the world with all these mega colossal like, i want to see how he's how's he actually moving he really how's crumbled he, he crumbled all three walls worth of is titans. that confirmed because we know it was i mean definitely the outer about, wall but yeah was all it the other two walls? as well he's not all three confirmed but the 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 impression that they're giving is that why would he bother crumbling the outside world like they, the outside wall they were just going to do the shiganshima wall and that's all that they would need and so i think the implication is that he just did all of it and he's going to commit genocide by using every single titan at his disposal to just kill everybody which is nuts and i also i think it's great because armin who's very intelligent this whole time he was still keeping to the belief that oh aaron wouldn't do this stuff he's still on our side and when he started the rumbling he was like, yeah, he's been our ally this whole time. He's going to show our might to the world. And then he sees that the whole wall fell. And there's no reason to do that unless you want genocide. And then him and Mikasa having to hear his voice as he's talking to all the subjects of Ymir. That's great. And so I like that they're going to have him, like, have our guys, our scouts, Mikasa, Armin, all the rest, try to take down Eren now. But that also leaves me wondering, like, is this really his plan? Because it could be. I also just didn't like the way that they framed his speech where he was talking about they're trying to wipe out my people, the Eldians, Mm -hmm. which I never really got the sense from him that he cared that much about Eldia as a people. Like, he didn't have this nationalistic attachment to Eldians or creating a new Eldian empire. So the way that he was like saying that stuff, it seemed weird. Also, given the fact that he's about to destroy every Eldian that doesn't live on the island, like they're definitely going to get killed in the rumbling. And if all three walls are broken down, how are you going to get the Titans to the outside? I mean, they have to walk through all the Eldians that are kept in the island. So he's killing a bunch of Eldians. So I don't know if this just Aaron saying that just to say that of oh this is my noble goal to defend you guys and he's lying to them but that to me seemed a little weird 
the whole him thinking this is how I get freedom. I do need to kill all my enemies. That I can believe, but then it also brings up does the Titan cycle continue after him? Because it would still have the issue of the attack Titans and the successors. So how does he stop the cycle? Like He still has to do that at some point, right? He just kills himself. <clears throat> I mean, he's got to. I mean, that's then it would go to ultimate. a new person automatically, though. Does it do that? Does it just like go to someone even if they just die of natural causes? Yeah, it does. I don't think. Yeah. I, well, I'm pretty sure they explained in one of the episodes. It's like Naruto and the um, you know, one of the beasts. You know, the 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 tail um, nine tail fox. One of the well, one of the tails. Like if they die, it goes to it, they like spawn naturally after a few years or so. But it's like the Avatar. Yeah, exactly. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, something more relatable. <laughs> something more <laughs> yeah. relatable. I should have just said the avatar. Yeah. So, yeah, even that wouldn't work. So I don't. I'd also Brand and I were texting a lot about it these past few weeks, and one of the things I said was, "What if he had to collect all of the titans and then give them back to the coordinate or to Ymir or do that alien worm thing?" And that's the way that you can do it. Like that's how you end the cycle is just give it back. What if he kills Ymir? like in the coordinate world somehow because he was already able to change her mind and relinquish her control over that stuff and like he has taken over her powers if he Mm -hmm. has her powers now can he just end the cycle on his own because like he's taken her powers it's possible but why wouldn't ymir have done that though if she has she's a slave well yeah they were saying that but there's also like who was enforcing that over her when she was in the coordinate like slave mentality once a slave, always a slave. That's a horrible See, but thing. I really to say. Believe, but then also she yeah, <laughs> clip that. But she also I think like, I do believe that it is like that you can tell that from the episodes that she still has that slave mentality, that she's building all these things in response to what the royal bloodline is telling her to do. Like she's doing this because it's what they're telling her to do. I guess. And, I that's, why, think, and that's what Aaron is like, you're a human being, you can control what you do, and she finally breaks and gives him her powers. And like right. gives it up and like finally is over. So that's why he grows the big spine out of his body. Is he has that ultimate founding t- titan power now. Without the royal bloodline he has the power of Ymir. Because he has that same wiggly skeleton that she had when she first got her powers. Right. From whatever that creature was in the tree. But I'm also, I'm saying like in the 2000 years there would have had to been some Eldin or someone with the founding titan power that would have wanted to stop the cycle at some point and would have tried to use Ymir to do that. So that's why I'm thinking it's not just like the slave mentality because if the first few Titans after her were her children, we don't know what relationship they had, but would they really want to continue? Like, wow, we ate her mom and now we have these horrific powers that were getting used by the king in order to do these things. I feel like if they had... Well, I think had they had the slave to- mentality from their father too. Like, he had control over them. And that's the thing. I think Dylan's kind of right, though. To I think the bloodline, like the royal bloodline, has control over the Titan bloodline. The royal, well, but they're the one and the same, are they not? Um, like who is no, because the original Fritz, king Fritz? Because the original king is the royal bloodline, and the uh, but they're all from Emir, Emir. They all come from Ymir. But Ymir is a Titan bloodline, and all Eldians are part of that Titan bloodline. But not all Eldians are no. part of that royal bloodline. It's subjects of Ymir, yeah. so anyone who is a descendant of Ymir is a titan. But then also anyone who's a descendant of Ymir is also a descendant of that one king. 
Why are you doing that with your eyes? <laughs> He's calculating. I think they're just more like pure. I don't pure blood feel man. like you could create that many blood, that many separate. Blood, I don't know. From the same thing. I don't know if you could create that many separate bloodlines in just two thousand years. Can you really split off <clears> to have that many different families? Well, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying everyone who is able to turn into a titan comes from Ymir. So what distinguishes yeah, exactly. the royal bloodline from? Someone like Aaron, or there's, I don't other think there's anything to say that sh- every single person is coming from Emir's bloodline, they're just subjects of Emir, which is subjects of that kingdom, the Eldian kingdom. Like, they are Eldians, they are part of that kingdom, they aren't necessarily bloodlines. The royal bloodline is the direct bloodline from her that has split off into those the, the Ackermans and the Fritzes and all that stuff. Well, okay, I still don't. I mean, it also because in the flashback, in the flashback, the king is like, "We are the Eldian kingdom." Like they're the Eldians; they're the ones who are slaughtering everybody else. That's where the Marlians yes. get that idea from. All of them are Eldians, not just because they're related to Emir, but because they are Eldians. I don't know sure. how it crosses over to make, having giving them the ability to turn into Titans. Well, because it does. Eldians. There's, there's no way because Emir isn't well, an Eldian. Is the thing she was a slave from way. some other thing. And but we so, don't know either way. We don't know if the people who can turn into Titans are direct descendants of Emir or if they're just well, but they direct descendants of they are. Yeah, they have the of Ymir, blood. Which is why Aaron which is why can, talk to can scream and yeah, and that too. Yeah. Uh, all when I'm do saying they say is say that they have Emir's blood in them. Where's the distinguishment? Well, because they're subjects of Emir. Like they're all descendants of Emir. It would make no sense for because why would no one in Marley be able to turn into a Titan? Because they're not part of the Eldian kingdom. I don't know. But I, the Eldian kingdom well, I'm isn't saying part we don't of have Ymir. an answer either way. <laughs> You're just making assumptions. I'm saying there's no answer either way. Well, they one, don't say that they are all bloodline related to Emir or they're not. Well, one assumption is really strongly supported by the text, and the other is, as you said, you're like, I don't know how this would have happened. I'm saying they're both assumptions. I don't know how in any way that that would make sense. Like, how if well, they're. I agree, it doesn't if exist. Every one makes more sense. No, but if every, if every Eldian comes from Emir, then they're all part of the royal bloodline. But that's not true. There are well, Eldians who are saying. not in the royal bloodline. That's the well, issue I'm trying that... to determine: is what separates. So them. your assumption also doesn't make sense. Well, I'm saying that this is what we know. What we've been told is the subjects of Emir come from Emir. They subjects of Emir have the power to turn into Titans, and the descendants of Emir, with the first three kids, the. Rose, I mean, it's possible. Maria, is it possible that? Throughout the generations, her her spinal stuff has been consumed by other people other than her direct descendants, like other people who are not blood related or have eaten part of her body or descendants that have eaten part of her body. And so that spreads to people in the kingdom. That whole ability to turn into Titan comes from them consuming each other. That could be the case, and that could be an explanation. There are still three of her kids, and <clears throat> I assume each of those kids had three kids, which is where we get the nine original Titans, mm-hmm. like the mean titans yeah but then what i'm wondering is again how come those descendants after them didn't like they started becoming dumb titans or they again, didn't start having the titan shifter power that's I what i was curious so. about i mean and also go ahead there's a possibility that um because we know that the founding titan can like change the actual like dna of all of the emir subjects as we see oh. because he wipes their memory and 
um you know there was like an illness that they talk about in the show and he you know or the the founding titan was able to change their dna so maybe um at some point when king fritz got that whoever king fritz is maybe he decided to create a um like you know uh, a royal bloodline that unlocks like you know other abilities or in in a, in a way to protect and limit who can be able to use that power like the full power of the royal bloodline or not the royal but the founding titan he created the royal bloodline as an as a defense for others who could possibly take them right are you talking about king of the walls king fritz yes yes because everything would have changed i mean because we don't know anything after the first 100 you know we know like the origin story and we know how the walls came to be and that was only 100 years but there's still you know like 1900 years of of history we have no Mm -hmm. idea about there's so many questions about that that have not been answered yet that is very true Mm-hmm. But where did we? How do we get to this point? Where are we talking? Where we're trying to distinguish the difference between royal bloodlines and Titan well, sure. Bloodlines. But before that, like, how do we get on the bloodline talk? We were talking about how Aaron could end the cycle. Oh yes, yes, yes. So how <clears throat> could he end the cycle, guys? Does he like how does that? Happen? Oh yeah, because we were talking about the slave mentality, which I was like, I don't know. Like number one, the slave mentality wouldn't be hereditary and one of those kids would have had to have rebelled against the King Fritz, which is why I'm saying, I'm saying that not, not the kids. I'm saying Emir herself in this, this crossroads. Well, sure. Air but we place, saw that still she in was, that mentality. She was able to break out of it. Like Aaron talked to her for three seconds and broke her out of it. I feel like as long as <clears> someone would have been able to also do the same. That's what I was questioning is whether or not Aaron was the first person to visit Ymir and, Say, hey, you don't have to do this stuff anymore. Um, I feel like some of those other founding titans would have tried to do the same thing. Like King of the Walls, King Fritz. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like he also would have had motivation. Like, he, I guess, forced her to create those big colossal titans within the wall. Mm-hmm. And that was his way of trying to save his portion of the Eldian people. But if she could always just relinquish, like, give over the power to someone else, I feel like also one of those royal blood members would have been like, yeah, sure, I'll take that off your hands. So that's why I'm, I'm still iffy on why exactly that's the case. But if Aaron, so you're saying Ymir's out of the equation now? Ymir has, or Aaron has I mean, her full power? I, I feel like that's what they were indicating, is that she's giving up that power finally, that he broke through to her, and that he has taken that power from her. Whatever that founding Titan power is in the crossroads. That's why he's not dead anymore. He has had a spine grow out of his decapitated head that has turned yes. him into a giant skelly whale <laughs> indeed slithering across the great lands so what do you think is his plan going forward how do you think this story goes i have no clue i feel like he's <laughs> i genuinely he's going for full <clears throat> genocide at this point i think it's what he's gunning for i can't think of like i'm hoping that they do some kind of plot twist where he has another plan another ulterior motive but somehow this is all building to it, but I don't know what it could be. I don't know how they could. And do it could never. It, it couldn't. Like, what could be the payoff? Like, how could it be? Like, oh, okay, now it made sense. Like, no, you can't genocide the whole world and have yeah. some other motive that makes it okay. And the things I was thinking about were either he's going to, like, I don't know, Brandon. We had talked about this before. If he's trying to get the world against him, so he could do the reverse of the. Helios was the guy, like that Marley hero in the Titan War. 
but he was just fake. He was a construct that they mm-hmm. made up to be like, oh, this was the hero of the war. If he's trying to actually be that in order to unite the world, they're trying it seems to watch like he's just destroying the world. I guess I don't. I still haven't read Watchmen. Oh, but well, that's that's pretty much Watchmen. Well, there you go. So something like that, where he's trying to be the force that everyone rallies around to defeat, and he shows Marley and the rest of the world that hey, these uh, Paradis Eldian, Eldians are good because they're trying to stop me as much as you are, and that's how they will find peace. But going this far and destroying all the walls, and it doesn't seem like it doesn't, yeah. that'll happen. Um, or he's willing to kill a lot of people in order to make it seem real. Um, either that, or he fully is like, hey, I'm going to genocide everyone. I'm essentially bring us back to square one, where we think the outside world is destroyed, and we are in here not knowing much of our history, but we won't have the walls anymore, so we won't be the livestock being attacked by outside titans will just live in peace amongst ourselves that'd be so sad if he goes out to genocide the world and while he's doing it he wipes the minds of everybody on the island so they just forget that's what i'm saying like they if he forces everyone to forget so so they're back to square one where they think oh we're just only people on earth and that's how it is but the thing about that is who do we know whose memories can't be wiped mikasa mikasa she's gonna know she's gonna know that the person she loved most Killed the entire world. How she's not gonna be able to live with that. Wait, Mikasa so he's gonna have to kill Mikasa. To be wiped. She's royal. Well, because remember, she the Ackermans can't have their memories wiped. They talk about that with Kenny uh, and whatnot. Yes, like that's right, why right. they were scared of that bloodline because they knew they knew the whole history because they couldn't get their minds wiped. So if Mikasa knows, <clears throat> and Aaron knows that the Ackermans know. He's either going to have to kill her or she's going to have to kill him for killing the whole world. Which would be so sad. Or leave, I guess, as another actor. Just guess it. That's got to be the end of the show. That's how we set free. By Mikasa's hands. Which is crazy. But, like, really? You're going to... And it's sad because I guess technically, in a way, the Eldians would be protected. But we also know. I mean, humans are humans. They're going to fall into conflict. Like, within the walls, there was corrupt military members. And there was already conflict. So, I don't know why... Again, it's just his demented world view that he thinks if he kills everyone out there, then we'll be free. But the Eldians themselves, like they had imprisoned him and trapped him and taken his freedom so many times before. Like literally season four, a earlier this season, he was put in prison. So I don't know why he thinks that'll be the answer to ensure freedom or ensure no one's trying to steal his freedom or, you know, keep him trapped. But is if that's possible, the case, is it what? possible that Falco becomes a protagonist? I mean, think about it. If he's having these foreshadowing dreams that he's having that might mean he's going to be the attack titan, does that mean he's going to consume Aaron and in that case consume Emir's power and have mm-hmm. that ability to even end the cycle? That's true. What if Falco's Falco the one that does do it? it? The issue is with that is that Aaron would Aaron would know. And thus wouldn't be free because he would well, still be saying. a subject it's, to the future. Because the whole thing—what if he's trying to stop that the whole time? Like he sees that that is what the well, outcome is, and, he, and he's, he's still doing he's I think he's it. done he's that to his sense. Like the whole point of what we just watched last episode, right? Of him, quote unquote, time traveling because it's not really time traveling, right? You're just looking into the future, and it's Aaron. Um, that whole situation with Zeke, um, he has now like cut himself off from the past. He no longer mm. is like attached to the past. 
And um, the only thing that he has to worry about now is the future and making sure that um, in, in order for him to be free, right, is to make sure that there's no other inheritance. So, I mean, I don't think that there's a way that Aaron is not going to be successful in reaching his goal. Mm-hmm. Thus, meaning that Aaron like literally has to be the last Attack Titan. Or what least- if? But how do they in the cycle? Though? How what do they- if? What if? The entire time, like his whole life, Aaron's entire life, his decisions have been controlled by Falco from the future in the same way that Aaron controls Grisha. And then Falco sets him up to be that united villain that unites the whole world against him so that he can end the cycle of violence. That'd be well, but Aaron would know. Like at this point, he would know, right? That he's been no, I mean, if it's been his him. whole life, bro, if it's been literally his whole life from the shadows and Falco just manipulates him because now, because if Falco consumes Aaron at this point, he'll have the powers of Ymir. So he should have the powers of both the royal bloodlines and the Titan bloodlines to be able to go back in time at will the way Zeke was and just manipulate his entire life. That's true. But then after that, does Falco in the cycle? And then Falco ends the cycle, and then there's no more Titans. But that would have to mean so Falco would have to consume Aaron at some point, though, and then mm-hmm. in the cycle in some way. Which I have a question. Work, if, if, how does he eat Aaron? How is Falco going to... If the founding... If a royal bloodline titan with the founding titan power can control Eldian DNA, can't they change the part of the DNA that makes them into titans so that you inject Well, that's what I was happens? saying. Yes. I was like, if you can change DNA, you can change... Like, why would that be Zeke's plan to make them not have kids? Why would you just not take away their titan powers and be like, I've taken away their titan powers. They no I... longer have that... I guess it the can't issue with that anymore. is it is is it's too far now. The whole world is trying to kill them and eliminate them, and mm-hmm. like, I feel like it would be a cop out. People would not believe that. Oh, you're saying that the Titan powers are just gone now? Huh, no, and well, they, they also get completely like obliterated. That's why it doesn't even make sense because half the time they get changed by the spinal fluid from Zeke from the like royal members or whatever. They like half the Eldians don't go through that. Most the majority of the Eldians don't have that. Like, if they don't have the spinal fluid, they don't get changed into Titans. So that's done. And if you take away the nine Titan powers, that's also done. So again, yeah, the, the understandable Titans, why people the hold the grudges. Titans are like reliant upon those nine Titans existing. Say what? The existence of any Titans is relying upon the existence of the nine Titans. Right. Again, either way. If it's just the nine titans left and there's no other way to produce more titans, then we're good. And also, if we take away the titan cycle entirely, it should be good. But yeah, at this point, if everyone's still rallying to try and attack Eldia for what's happened, that won't change things alone. So it's either you got to team up with them or you got to kill all of them in order to ensure that Eldia doesn't get hecked. But it's also stupid. They were so close to like hitting the technology where titans don't even matter anymore and ideally if you just stop what marley was doing using the eldians for their war efforts then it should have been fine and eldia could have just become another nation that hopefully they're not going to war but if they do it's not like it's any sort of uh, warfare equipment that other nations aren't able to match Mm-hmm. I would say so, that that's true if it weren't for the Colossal Titan. I mean, how do you beat the Colossal Titan? Well, I mean, I all you have to do is drop beat that. a nuke, bro. <laughs> I mean, 
At least not in our world, you can't. Nuke the nuke. Um, They invent nuclear technology. Yeah, they're, (laughs) what, 1930s-something Germany, so they're right around building the nuclear bomb, so mutually assured destruction. (laughs) Bro, Armour just lands on the nuclear bomb, and it's 10 times more powerful. (laughs) Just imagine the scene from Dr. Doctor Strange Love, but it's the colossal titan. Just a bunch of times. <laughs> so yeah, um, hmm. I don't know because the, the cycle has to end. Like, are we, and I was thinking this episode with the whole two thousand years, we're gonna see something with a loop, something happen. Like Ymir left a message for Aaron, and that's why he's the one that's able to come and free her. But I don't know. We got we more didn't looping get anything in the that previous episode. Made it seem like a final loop. Say what? Well. said, yeah, I feel like we got more looping in the previous episode and not in the most recent. Exactly. Yeah. But at some point, again, that cycle has to end. The whole Falco thing that is a lingering thing mm-hmm. of how are we going to finish that off? Why did he have the dreams when we know only Attack Titan see future dreams? So maybe it is that he gets the Attack Titan somehow, but. That means Aaron has to die. That's true. Well, I think Aaron's. I don't think Aaron can live at the end of this. Aaron's. I don't know if he could live boys. with himself. He probably Aaron could, shoots crazy. himself in the head. <laughs> like the same Rainer. way Rainer. Yeah. Uh, that'd be nuts. But I don't know. Bro, Rainer's really going through it. I wonder how he's going to end up by the end. Of it. We never really talked about Rainer that much this whole this whole discussion, but he's really I, going through the motions. I think Rainer also is destined to die. Yeah, of course. Are you kidding? I mean, he's coming up on the end of his reign as the. But if we end anyway. the cycle, he ends the 13 year curse. So he Maybe dies he the day before the <laughs> cycle ends. <laughs> no, the cycle ends and then he kills himself the day later. No, that'd be. <laughs> oh, God. That'd be so sad. Yeah, I he's think. Like, Finally, my curse is gone. Now I can die in peace. I just don't. Like, there has it- to be something more with this man's plan. Or there has to be something else that we're not knowing. And also, how do we end the cycle? What is that little worm thing? <clears throat> we just rip that worm thing. We just do a little surgery. Just take it off everyone's spine. So interesting. Can we like, get rid of it? To know the worm thing. And then also, like, the history when you see the ending of um, season two. Because we're told that, like, she makes a deal with some, like, devil, right? And that's how they get the powers. And I was telling me- you, I was convinced that there was some something gave it that power. And I was like... Is Aaron going to be the devil? It's going to go back. And that's how this cycle ends. He has to collect all the Titans mm-hmm. and give it to Ymir at the beginning. That would have been wild. Cool. But then they said, they Spike, it's that. a worm. I guess I mean, they he still could, hasn't collected them worm. all. Got it. That's what I'm saying. He's well, that's what I'm saying. And also, collecting them all would be. Bro, so what if sad. he gets them all? And then and... Falco takes them all before, before Aaron can get the Jaw Titan and Falco gives it back to Ymir. It's true. That is very true. Yeah, I, I'm, I don't know. Because I thought that would have been the way to do the loop, and that's why I have the 2,000 years. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't seem like that'll be the case. So how else do you end the cycle? Are we really not going to end the cycle? But we have to, or else Aaron will be a slave to whatever attack titans come after. Bro, that'd be know. sad if Aaron was the new Emir and he's just in the crossroads, and he's just like a slave to this mentality. That's what I was thinking as well. Sand. Do some big old dramatic irony with... All he gets that. trapped there, mm-hmm. enslaved by his own. Because if your theory is correct, of now Ymir is relinquished of that, and it's Aaron who has it, 
Mm-hmm. If that cycle does continue, does he have to go into the coordinate and chill out there? It's like the uh, it's like Jafar in Aladdin getting trapped in the genie's bottle. Just wanted too exactly. much power. He yeah. Jafar himself. Oh, and Historia. How yeah. does she factor into this? Because she needs oh, to. There's point. no way she got prego. She got a baby, another royal baby. She's got a baby. She's got to do something. If Zeke is dead, which the skelly whale transformation on his hand should have killed him, but that man has to ride worse, so he might still be around. But if he's not, Historia is the only royal member left. That's not a baby, and so she's got to be a part of this too, right? If she touches Aaron, is she able to get into the coordinate and isn't? talk to Ymir and be like, can you not kill the world? And then Ymir and her team up and then they have their own agency and autonomy, but they're going against Eren. I don't know. Mm-hmm. How does and it Do happen? we ever find out who the man was? Like, who, whose baby that is? No. No, it's just some dude she fell in love with when she was a kid. So maybe that'll come back and be important, but who knows? Okay. Maybe it's Eren's baby. Eren whispered to the man and said, <laughs> yeah, from the story. Have sex with this can woman. we talk about the chair? That she was sitting in is the subject of Ymir and what made it mean? into the realm. It's the only other like adamant object that made it into the realm. Inanimate object? And the... So it's an oral world. Interesting. It's just the, no, I'm just saying this is a chair. It's like, it's. I mean, what she was mean? already sitting. Maybe everybody else was just standing. <laughs> she was, I mean, she, she should have been floating. She's just hovering on nothing. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. I mean, it's just a chair. I, I don't. It's a chair. It's a chair. It was Emir's chair two thousand years ago. <laughs> it made it this this it long. Was cut from the tree. It's for you. The tree of life. Yeah. So, final that prediction tree is one of her babies. Final statements, thoughts, predictions for what will come for Attack on Titan. These I next have no episodes. Clue. I have no idea, and I'm just <laughs> so excited I, to see. Where I'm here for the ride. I am. I really am. I'm having a great time so far this half of the season, and I'm just. It's doing the same thing it did in the beginning. It's just raising so many questions, and I have no idea where it could possibly go the next episode, which is exciting. Brandon, what about you? Same thing, man. I mean, I've thought about it, and there's a lot of like possibilities that that have run through my mind. But at the like, ultimately, I have I have no clue. I have no clue what's going to happen. Um, I you know I like to hope that because there's still a lot of things they haven't pulled out yet, like you know Historia, uh, Annie's still in in that crystal. Um, you know, Levi's Fal- we don't know corpse. what the heck Falco is going to look like. Levi, yeah, like what's going to go? What's what's going to happen with Levi? Um, are they going to are they going to like w- willingly have to fight with Aaron because they're both Angermans? So the Ackermans. Well, he's we've seen him beat up Aaron a bunch, so <laughs> we'll see. Anyone could do it. Well, yeah, but he talks about like he was like, yeah, if I could change it back, like I would have never. He was like, look what making me blindly follow Aaron because I thought Aaron was going to be the savior of our world, and look what happened to it. He talks about that. Um the first half of season four wait um, till he sees this yeah. <laughs> he's gonna be so mad so uh I, I dude i have no clue and i'm just excited i mean i don't think it's gonna be as simple as aaron just destroying the rest of the world i hope not i hope they throw in some kind of you know last second not last second but they throw in like another curveball uh uno card there has to be something for sure either him like the irony of him somehow ending up a slave or like if that's if the cycle continues he has to be a slave to it i think if he breaks the cycle and he's free and he ended the world or whatever mm. he's not gonna be able to enjoy it somehow he's got to get got 
which would make sense if I that would just be crazy. But if Armin and Mikasa and all of them have to stop Eren and he like he knows like he already did the work of pushing them away and whatnot. But that feels stupid if he knows like, oh, they're going to end up killing me. I feel like that'd be dumb. I don't know why he would know and then still do all that stuff and know that they would hate him for it and wouldn't want him to do it. That seems weird. Well, but it also doesn't make sense that he would think that they would be okay with that. So unless he, but if deleting the memories, does that stick? If you break the cycle, I, I mean, to a certain point though, if that was right, he would have to because Aaron, until this point, saw exactly what he had to do for whatever his plan was to to happen and unfold. So it's not like he wanted to do that. Obviously, even even if he didn't know his future, we obviously knew he didn't want to do that. But um, if you know his end goal is to you know have like be killed by them. I mean, the but only why? thing that he can do is... Like, what does that do to, for to them? Like, I'm just saying Unless it's ending the cycle, but yeah. it would make sense if Falco were the one to do that. If it's his friends, or I guess his friends have to make Falco do it. I don't know. But, like, why would you want that? Why would you want your friends to kill you? Why wouldn't you just do it yourself, Aaron? <laughs> <laughs> Pull a Reiner. Exactly. I just, I don't know. There's so many questions with the Historia bit, Falco bit, what Mikasa and Armin are going to do trying to fight Aaron. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yep. Well, we we have talked each other's ears off plenty for one night about Attack on Titan, and I look forward to watching the rest of the season and talking more about it with you guys when it's all over. That's all the time we have. If you'd like to give your thoughts on the show or make a suggestion for the movie of the week, you can email us at theboxofficeshow at gmail.com. Our main title theme for the show is Sundown by Joseph McDade. Big shout out to our special guest for today, Brandon Hill. Thank you so much for coming out. We love you. We have so much fun talking to you about Attack on Titan. We can't wait to talk to you more about Attack on Titan and more animes in the future. Absolutely. It was a pleasure being on here, man. Thanks for inviting me, guys. Be sure to tune in next week where we'll be talking about more movies and TV shows and all of that, all that jazz, all that good stuff. Goodbye.